0: He's such a hustler. He's really good at getting these things going, and you know, so many of these shows, I just show up, and like the sound equipment is there, and he's there, and he's talking to the owner, and you know, I'm just like, oh, I kind of see where, you know, we all have like a little bit of hustle in us, and you know, I, I'm like, oh, this is this is a Todd vibe. Like he really gets in there. <laughs> he, he'll like, well, you know, I talked to so and so, and they're gonna do this, and you know, just he'll he'll really like you like push you know did you, did you reach out to this person well go ahead and reach out to this person and i'm like oh that's where i get my like get in there vibe so <laughs> that's awesome oh my god i
1: loved this movie okay good all right let's get going because we got okay. some stuff to cover okay. and then we've got a whole wild card element coming in that we don't even know what's gonna happen with <laughs> i know <laughs> Where's the iron? Can my
0: son Bertolt Polly? No, Don't cut up that dress. Is the sewing machine Where's the iron? Oh my God, I'm sweating. Where's the iron? Look. <laughs> Muslin. Yeah, I'd wear that. Is that, is that machine, machine even threaded?
1: Thread? I'm Liza. I'm the sewing one.
0: I'm Megan. I'm the writing one. And you are listening to There's No Thread, the podcast that asks could, would, and most importantly, should that sewing happen within the world of the film? Ready? Yes! Today we are turning our sewing and writing eyes upon the 2017 Paul King film, Paddington 2. Screenplay by Paul King and Simon Farnaby, based on the children's books by
1: Michael Bond. Costume design by Lindy Hemming. Awesome. You know, Paddington Bear is usually presented as, he was discovered in Paddington Station and he had a little suitcase and a little sign um, on a string around his neck that said, please take care of this bear. Thank you. Like that's, you know, the Paddington origin, right? Yeah. Michael Bond based this on his memories of seeing kids being sent out of London during the Blitz with the, a little suitcase and their name and like a contact number or some kind of contact information on a little sign around their necks. Oh, so like, God. it's not just whimsy, like it's it's based on something real that real people experienced. Yeah, I, I kind of had
0: a sense of that. I mean, it's just so touching it's like the most touching movie at
1: every turn. And you had never seen it before. I didn't even see Paddington 1. I made you 1. see it. You know, I haven't seen Paddington 1 either. And I get the impression that you just don't need to. The oh, okay. um, Like Rotten Tomatoes gives Paddington 2 99%. Yes, it was actually 100 until one review. <laughs> the, I, so this is the third time that I've seen it. And the first time was at our public library. They used to run before COVID uh, like a movie once a week in the afternoon. And so I would walk small guy down there and they would have like a mat for the like, little kids to like hang out on. And then they had a bunch of chairs in the back for the parents and they'd have like a, you could get like a cup of popcorn and like they had a little Aww. juice box for the kids. And so like, I would just take him down there every week and I would sit in the back and like read or goof off while he was watching the movie. But then we we went down and we watched this movie and like I threw my book down on the ground and texted tall guy and was like, you need to get down here this movie is amazing. (laughs) And so he came and like caught the second half and we were just like, how is this movie so good? And then we watched it another time at home, just as good. And then this last night, just tall guy and I watched it together it's still just as good like it is it, nothing fades
0: yes yes yeah because na- neither of us really knew much about this movie and so jason was kind of like oh man like sure you don't want to watch rambo again and you know <laughs> and i was like no we have to watch this movie and he was kind of like uh you know get we got this, takeout the rules. And, you know like argued about whose account was going to rent it and then i he sat down and then he like stayed and i was like are you into this everyone loves this movie no
1: shame (laughs) no shame in the paddington game i had no No, idea um so lindy hemming who is the costume designer she also did a whole bunch of the james bond movies and their more recent batmans and the wonder womans and laura croft tomb raider and one of the harry potters and four weddings and a funeral with Hugh grant you know way back Lindy Hemming, well, this is a wonderful opportunity for me to do my accents. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. So glad <laughs> that that provided that opportunity. <laughs> what a who's who
0: of the British hot stuff community. I mean, oh I... Oh my God, yes. I also hadn't really looked at the cast list and I was like, wait,
1: Sally Hawkins is in this? Yeah. Gleason is in this? Yeah. Do you want to, like, I guess yeah. run through the cast a little bit, but also... Um... Say your favorite cast pop up. Oh man. Okay, Jamie
0: Dimitru. There's like a scene in the in the cafeteria, you know, when they're all discussing oh yeah, about how he can't possibly get the menu changed and they cut to him and I was like, "Holy shit. Yes, it is him." <laughs> so he has this amazing comedy show where he plays this total dum-dum who sells real estate and it's like competing with an it's just one of those like great british shows kind of like in the vein of the office and so that cameo was like oh oh my god that guy like had a whole <laughs> other thing that he did um and during the pandemic we watched that staff let's flats like constantly it was like one of our favorite shows so that was surprised me but of course like there were so many other people that i hadn't expected brendan gleason i had no idea was going to be you know i had just seen banshees of I'm going to mispronounce that. I can't speak. Um, I just seen the Banshees <laughs> movie. Um, so seeing him. Because
1: <laughs> usually he plays scary people. And yeah, I guess he does also in this one. But then uh, he, he becomes a nice person. <laughs> well, also
0: the entire premise of Banshees is him deciding he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore. So this was really sweet because it was like him not only deciding he wanted to be friends, but like coming to the rescue in a really yes. major way at the end. Yeah. Um. So I was like
1: oh my favorite um surprise cameo was richard iowati he was on the it crowd oh oh he he <laughs> he um testifies right yeah he's the expert yes. witness he's got yes. the map and he's like marmalade was detected yep here, that was that was a really good one, the one whole too
0: place <laughs> i think you guys introduced me to the it crowd i think we watched that and oh Boulder, yeah like i think we introduced as
1: many people as we could because that yeah oh my god like i'd watch that again right now that was so good totally that's a really good one yeah yeah um but yeah why don't you run us through like i guess our our main i mean because we could talk we could spend two hours just naming who's in this movie and what they do yeah so let's not do that let's do a a short version (laughs) okay so i'll just go through what is considered the
0: main cast we have ben wishaw who plays the voice of paddington bear paddington
1: brown oh and do you know who he is i don't he's q In the James Bond movies. Q is the guy who like comes up with all the gadgets. Oh! He's that guy. Crazy.
0: Okay, so we have Hugh Bonneville as Henry Brown, the, you know, the father that kind of takes in Paddington. And we all know him, except Liza does not know him.
1: I don't know him
0: ah okay doesn't know him from Downton Abbey because she refuses to watch it if you've ever thought to yourself Liza would love Downton Abbey don't fucking tell tell her that (laughs) too many people have told her that and she's not gonna watch it but as a result she doesn't know that Hugh Bonneville is a star of Downton Abbey (laughs) and it was lovely to see him in this
1: he was one of the few people
0: where I was like well who's that guy (laughs) (laughs) he's like so famous (laughs) finally it's you and not me um Sally Hawkins as Mary Brown, who is oh, just yeah, love her the most delightful, and that was such that was the first surprise of the show or of the movie. I was like, oh, Sally Hawkins just what appears. ears and in- what do you know her from? Blue Jasmine. Did you see that? No, I have not. Oh, Liza as a Kate Blanchett, uh, BFF oh, like yeah. you are since you're yeah. Kate Blanchett's BFF. Yeah. um, you should see Blue Jasmine. I'm not recommending it to you. I'm just saying if you want to see them both shine <laughs> like the sun. Damn, it's so good. Okay, um, I had rewatched that movie recently, and I was like, "Man, Sally Hawkins is so incredible." Um, so that was nice. Okay, so we have her, then we have Hugh Grant as Phoenix Buchanan, who is like a local magician slash sort of failing actor, but still thinks of himself as a celebrity, and, and- so
1: fun to watch him just chomp on the scenery like, he gets to go <laughs> do so many stupid accents in this because he's playing different yeah character and he is playing a bad actor like it's it's so delightful it's delightful
0: this every second of this movie is delightful if you're just like what are they talking about Paddington Bear it's you gotta you gotta get on this train <laughs> we have Brendan Gleeson as Knuckles McGinty which is just the greatest British
1: criminal name mm-hmm. um Knuckles and, with
0: a N, yeah. Knuckles with it.
1: No, with he's, a K. No, he's got room on his. He's got room on his hands to spell it correctly, but he doesn't. He oh, right, have, right, right. It's he N-U-K. has one finger to the apostrophe instead of <laughs> spelling it correctly with a K. Right, and there's <laughs> there's an unneeded apostrophe, which is yes.
0: amazing. It's <laughs> possessive knuckles. Madeline Harris as Judy Brown.
1: That's the daughter. She had one of my favorite lines, which was, "I'm dumped." I think you'll find you're dumped. Oh my God, so good. They're doing like a montage of all the characters
0: and she's on the phone with her dumb, dumb boyfriend and she goes, um, I'm dumped. I think you're dumped. Mrs. Bird is Julie Walters. That is the grandma. Okay, so Mrs. Bird, Julie
1: Walters, that's Mrs. Weasley from Harry Potter? Sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. Not a reference for Megan. Okay, noted. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and
0: then we have Jonathan Brown played by, um, Samuel Jocelyn, who is a secret lover of trains, but he wants to be a cool kid. So he doesn't reveal his love of trains until the, a pinnacle moment, which is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Oh my gosh.
1: Everyone has such a great journey. Like I would say his journey is my favorite, except that I also really loved everyone else's so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he comes to find that what he thinks is cool is the most important thing. And that's steam steam trains yeah and then he operates one so yes and then i have oh jim broadbent plays samuel gruber with um, gruber's the antique store where the item that paddington bear wants to purchase for his aunt lucy as a gift is located and then we have peter capaldi is he the one in the neighborhood that's Neighborhood Watch?
1: Yes. Do you know him from anything particular? I thought he looked familiar, but I didn't look him up. Probably Doctor Who is the biggest oh. one. But, uh, but he's also, I mean, he's just been in a ton of things. He looks really familiar. I was like, oh, oh
0: this guy's great. I had that experience a lot, especially in the prison. I was like, that guy looks familiar and great. And oh my that gosh. guy looks great. Yeah. The
1: the woman who runs the newspaper stand, that's Jessica yes. Hines, who I was talking about. She's in Son of Rambo. I was talking about her with, with the Rambo episode.
0: Wait, isn't she in, is she in Spaced? Yes. (gasps) (laughs) Oh my God. I knew I recognized her and I had this like
1: lizard brain, like memory of watching that with you guys. This actually, this made me wonder, like, was Simon Pegg just busy on Mission Impossible? Like, why isn't he in this? Why isn't he in it? Same with like Nick Frost. Like, are they just, and like, Noel Fielding is busy on, um, on British Bake Off, so he couldn't be in this. Like They just said the best they could with the stars. They could only recruit 20, 25 stars only, at once. Only 25 million amazing <laughs> actors who we all love so much. Mm-hmm. And um, then we have a,
0: a Imelda Staunton, who plays Aunt Lucy, who's not really in it very much, but she's kind of the, oh,
1: whole, that's who, the okay. point of the whole thing. Yeah, so she voices Aunt Lucy the bear, and she is in The Crown. She's, you know, the latest iteration of... Um, oh elizabeth
0: yeah (gasps) oh well i'm gonna have to watch that i the last one i watched was with the other star who should have been in this why isn't um what's her name in this from the from everything um yeah oh my god olivia (laughs) coleman why isn't olivia coleman in this oh yeah she would have been
1: she must have had a scheduling conflict because otherwise yeah
0: yeah she's probably shooting the crown yeah. actually and then just a quick rundown of the other actors joanna lumley eileen atkins ben oh God, miller yeah. simon farnaby jessica hines as we said noah taylor uh tom davis tom conti sanjeev baskar marie france alvarez robbie gee maggie stead richard iody mira oh, that's Syle. richard
1: iowati i Ayoade. looked up his I looked up his pronunciation this morning. Nice. Because I felt like I was not quite right. And boy, was
0: I not quite right. So yeah. Enzo Squilino Jr. as Mr. Giuseppe. And then Jamie Dimitrow as the professor. It's actually the last person on my list. So there he is. There he was. <laughs> but yeah, just a great cast. And yeah. And so the movie, a lot happens in this movie. So I have a couple log lines. One is, when a bear is falsely accused of a crime, he must risk it all to clear his name. Um... When a young bear sets out to buy a present for his aunt, he is framed for theft and must escape from prison in order to save himself and procure the gift. And finally, when Paddington is framed and imprisoned, he and his family fight to find the real criminal and prove Paddington's innocence so he can get out of jail and back to his Aunt Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then I have a, a bit longer of a synopsis. <laughs> just to reiterate.
1: I doing her homework. <laughs> it's a complex
0: plot. I know well, I do these synopses all the time, but then like, it's hard to just like read it because it is kind of long and like, yeah. but yeah, so Paddington basically um, finds this pop-up book in the local antique shop and he wants to buy it, but it's kind of expensive. So he decides to get a job to raise some money for it. And in the process, he acts- Accidentally tells this local magician actor Hugh Grant about the book and something goes off in Hugh Grant's face and you know that he wants the book for malicious reasons and then Paddington is like framed in this crime this theft that's happens in town and he very quickly gets sentenced in a way that sort of reminded me of the crucible like I was like oh there's no way he can get out of this Like he is guilty, guilty, guilty from the moment that he steps in. (laughs) They had no evidence, but they still just like convicted him. And like, unfortunately for him, he's the only bear in town. So it's not like they could say it was a different bear. The guy's trying to steal the pop-up book because it has a treasure map. There's clues to a treasure. Yeah. So he starts searching out these different locations in the book. So all these crimes start to happen while Paddington is still in jail, but nobody's putting it together. Until Sally Hawkins puts it together. Mm-hmm. and she goes to his house and breaks in and finds all the costumes that he's used to follow the treasure map. Meanwhile, Paddington breaks out of jail because he doesn't think anyone loves him anymore. Um, but in jail, he's made a bunch of friends. Oh my God, Liza. the scenes where they're all <laughs> cooking together him winning over his fellow prison mates is amazing delightful. And they all have, like secret recipes. I just it really was a movie that made me just like love manhood i'm <laughs> like all the ways in which man uh masculinity can be like repressed but also like demonstrated in these beautiful ways when it's when it's when it's cultivated <laughs> and like know. they all just want to be like bakers and dancers and friendly like underneath all of this gruffness it's just the desire to
1: be of service and they finally get to like live that out in prison uh, but yeah, I did really love that scene where they're all standing up and saying like my nan made a great chocolate whatever chocolate
0: mousse I could recreate my it. nan <laughs> makes a great chocolate mousse <laughs> I could um, recreate the recipe tell me something a- else to say a- Liza I'll, I'll say anything attention
1: British directors Megan's available <laughs> Megan is available <laughs> it's not just this one she can also do
0: this one. oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. got anything else um there's also this one Mm. Um, well uh yep 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 (laughs) look I will sign myself up nobody needs to give me a chair Liza I will pull up a chair and I will be the star that I know that I am
1: (laughs) that's right that's right I've seen it happen (laughs) so I really like that the the world of this movie is it's magical in that Everything Paddington does is at, like, 100%. It's either 100% successful or an 100% disaster. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the middle. Like, when he starts to get jobs to raise money to get the pop-up book, he um, completely ruins a barbershop. Yep. But also can get beautiful streak-free windows by using his own body to clean the windows. I know, so cute.
0: <laughs> so cute and I loved all the little connections like how the guy whose hair he fucked up was also the judge and there was oh, also like so on amazing. the train at the end yeah there's yeah. so many it was just such a well-constructed script you know I also just love the way that they even that moment at the beginning where he he gets on the bike with the girl every morning and hands him a mom mm, late mm-hmm. sandwich and then at the very end when Sally Hawkins is like at her wit's end and she almost bumps into her and she's like I'm sorry I'm in a bad mood I haven't had my breakfast you know it's just like yeah this Tiny reference to something that we saw, just as a yeah. Everything, and
1: everything, like everything pays off. It all comes back together. Yeah, Nothing even the smallest of storylines. It is yeah. so satisfying. It's, yeah. a,
0: mas- it's a master. It's a class. I would say this movie is nearly flawless.
1: Nearly, <laughs> you know, I can well, put it right the up there with <laughs> Babysitters Club, <laughs> which we've never seen. It's Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <laughs> we've never <Right>. seen <laughs> Babysitters Club. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but I love that. Um, so, he, I mean, he's a bear that talks and lives in London. So it's not really reality. But he more or less has to obey the laws of reality, like just when it's within his like daily dealings with people and mm-hmm. gravity and whatever. Uh, but his Paddington's power is good manners. <laughs> I know he's he's very polite because his aunt Lucy
0: raised him raised him right way. and also yeah. like raised him to look for the good in people and he has all these like cute quotes about it it really is like a reminder like if you look for good you will find that yeah a, attitude is everything but also if you look for the bad in people you will find that too like it's a real lesson and you know that's kindness true like we see knuckles charity. experiencing
1: that that when yeah. he's afraid to go look to see if the prisoners are enjoying the marmalade sandwiches and he's just like They hate it. He's instantly sure that they hate it. And he's covering his
0: little face. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, I oftentimes have uh, my whole life. I've had these moments where I'm like, oh, well, you know, other people just aren't as sensitive as me or other people don't. And then like time and time again, I'll be like, no, actually like everyone is sensitive. No one wants to feel like garbage. No one wants (laughs) to be excluded. Like this idea that like you're in a special category of pain is kind of just like, like, oh, actually like even knuckles wants people to like his food even, even though beat them up if they don't yeah yeah I just yeah. love the the humanity because I think we're constantly being bombarded with the loss of humanity like just from every angle um mostly the news and just the information and uh and so every time I see something like this that's well done and doesn't feel cheesy or um contrived you know it's just yeah it's so lovely that's it's true. So it all lovely. feels really good and not like we're being hit over the head with yeah. a message. Although, did you see that this was um, supposed to be a reaction to Brexit?
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. a story about an immigrant who uh, obviously improves the lives of everyone around him. and yes. contributes majorly to society in just his own small ways that aren't really measurable in an economic sense, but make everyone happier and, and makes all their lives better. So many night, just interesting interactions in his day, like... Yeah, bicycle girl, the guy who always forgets his keys, mm-hmm. the guy on the um, like sanitation worker, yes, um, and that was another story lady. that came
0: full full pe- full circle. That was so oh my cute. gosh,
1: everyone everyone got to be the hero in this movie yeah. in some way. Yeah. Like even like, I mean like if you think about the family, like Mary Brown gets to gets to swim, like she gets to save him via her her special thing, which is swimming. Yep. Mr. Brown gets to, um, he's gets to be bullseye Brown again and like knock out the bad guy. And then Phoenix the daughter, the Phoenix, that's it. And then the, the daughter gets the shot. Like she takes the picture of him red handed holding the book. Like that's her hero moment is like journalism. And then like, yeah, the train moment yes yeah, so good
0: I love when she starts her own newspaper and the only thing she knows is that no boys are allowed she doesn't have any actual news she's like on the hunt for actual news but she'll tell you one thing there's no boys big headline no boys one allowed big on this news flash.
1: did you see during the credits that it said um boys now accepted yes I did see that. <laughs> so cute yeah
0: oh my god the final prison dance number was just everything
1: oh that was amazing so glad I waited through the credits for that yeah also, wasn't it funny that this is not a Wes Anderson film? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the mean, and, like, the I mean colors. Like colors alone. Yeah, like let's give some big high fives to Paul King, but the moment where it was a model, we go into a model of the prison and then we, we open up the wall and we see everyone in their cell. <laughs> Yes, I was like, "Is this not Steve Zissou? Is this not a Wes Anderson film?" And then the just the, the color, colors, like the pink of their uh-huh. uniforms and, and the, the pink the of the desserts and the pastry, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the beautiful um, cafe tables. Oh wait, oh my gosh, can you believe that there was another hot air balloon moment? Yes, I, I was like, "Oh my god!" And they must have sewed it, right? I Didn't totally they forgot to... that that happens. But yeah, it was yes. the it was the tablecloths from the cafe, and they're yeah. all. Um, I mean, they're you know when you sew something together, you put the edges together. And the balloon is all like at crazy angles. And stuff, it's yeah. like not even Patrick is like overlapped, like decoupage <laughs> practically. So, listener, we're not going to talk about the balloon. I'm just, I like, I love that that happened. Yes, I completely forgotten. Like, I can't believe we've had a second
0: hot air balloon, balloon escape. yeah moment. Moment.
1: yes, <laughs> the first one being Adventures of Baron and of course. Yes, <laughs> I think that's like episode three of us. I don't know. Yeah, I do want to throw in how much I loved the costume design in this. It's so good. All of Mary Brown's outfits look so nuts. Like she's really doing that English eccentric kind of look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Always crazy hair, funny boots, a crazy skirt. Even her swimming outfits were like really bright and colorful and interesting. Yes. <laughs> and um, Hugh Grant had the most amazing suits. Oh my God. Where it'd be like three pieces and all in a really loud plaid. Yes. And he had a, even had one where he was wearing like breeches and, like, a purple jacket with brown breeches and a brown vest or something. It may have been... Oh, my God, I loved around. the purple outfit. Yeah. yeah. He looked so loud. He great, looked devilishly handsome. Devilishly handsome. Yeah, I'm so glad you liked it. I mean, I thought you would. I was only worried that it, you have to get past the fact that it's a kid's movie. And I wasn't sure at what point during the intro you'd get hooked.
0: Oh, I got hooked as soon as... Oh, I think it was when he decided he needed to get a job, like when he found the book. Mm, mm-hmm. I loved when the pop up opened and we moved into the book and like we saw oh the pop-ups. Oh my God.
1: Yes, That's right. I, I forgot ha- about that. But yeah.
0: But the pop up opens and then it's like animated him and his aunt walking through the pop up through these beautiful scenes of London. It was so magical and it reminded me of how much I enjoyed pop up books when I was little. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't believe they were real. I couldn't believe I could get this 3D thing out of a book. <gasps> Hi, Allison. Hey, Allison!
1: Hi. Allison, you're our first person to come in on the Zoom, so we're we're testing it out on you. And now, Allison, I'm going to introduce you in a way that I hope will be funny, and then we can just (laughs) keep going. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so the sewing moment in this movie, well, there's not actually a sewing moment. Hang on. You know what? Here we go. Okay. All right. All right, you guys, I'm ready now. Okay, the sewing (laughs) moment in this movie is not a sewing moment at all but it is fabric related. It's the moment where Paddington accidentally puts one red sock in the prison laundry and it turns every single prison uniform pink, except the chef, who I guess is on a different laundry schedule. (laughs) So what I need to solve this is a chemist with the soul of an artist. And guess what, Megan? I have one. I know one and so do you. And she's here now. Let's welcome our guest, Allison Koster. Studio applause for Allison. Uh, So Allison, uh, what is your title?
2: Oh, that's a loaded question. My current job title is chemical stockroom manager, chemical safety officer for sciences, theater and art, and science building facility manager at a small college in Northwest Minnesota.
1: Awesome, you know, I was going to say, uh, could you say that again, but make it sound really impressive, but I think you nailed it on the first time. (laughs) All right, so with the help of our favorite chemist, we are going to look at could, would, and should this one red sock in the laundry dye all of these costumes pink. That's what we're gonna do.
2: (laughs) Y'all know me, so you know that I have opinions.
1: Yes, indeed. Okay. So my first question for you guys is, um, have you ever done this in your own laundry, just in your own lives at home? Have you ever put something in the laundry and had the dye transfer onto your other stuff? I have done it
0: once. I think it was with like a a red like blanket, like a flannel throw blanket that mm-hmm. transferred. Mm-hmm. But mostly I still do laundry just like I did it in college, which is I throw everything in and I put it on cold. And yeah. I... Am I the only one that doesn't separate out? I have never separated out whites. I don't care if things are white. Unless it's something that's supposed to be white, like a wedding dress. Maybe I would maybe I would wash that. Maybe separately. don't put that in
1: your washing machine is all. But yeah,
0: that's not even going in the wash. If it's something like that, I would just dry clean it or just like never clean it. But yeah. I still, I just take a hamper. I dump it in. I put mm-hmm. laundry detergent. I press cold. I do it for the minimum amount of
1: time, the minimum amount of
0: months. Yes. <laughs>
1: You know, I'm glad that you brought this up because I don't separate either. And I would guess that almost no one does because, I mean, if you're trying to do a load, you need it to be a full load. And like, I don't have that many white clothing to do a full load. If I waited, Mm -hmm. I would have like a month's worth of not having that one white shirt because it's sitting in the laundry waiting (laughs) for other shirts. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We just don't have that many white items. Yeah. Yeah. So um, listener, this is a question for you. Do you still separate your laundry?
0: (laughs) Oh, I think a lot of people do because I had this conversation with someone who I thought surely didn't separate their laundry. I was like, if I don't, she definitely doesn't. And they were kind (laughs) of appalled, like, you know. You barbarian. (laughs) And also if something does turn slightly pink, I'm like, do I even care? I mean, (laughs) that's fine. If it's a bunch of t-shirts and they were white with decals on them and now they're slightly pink, Pink. No,
1: slightly pink. Well, like, Alright. Or like if yeah. your socks are pink, like who cares? Totally
0: don't care about socks. I also feel like socks and underwear and and bras used to be something that were always white. Um and now like they're kind of whatever. So yeah, I wonder I don't, if that's I don't even a... have
1: white socks anymore. They're all like no, I've a bunch don't...
0: of Argyle and a bunch of stripes. Mine are like neon, like hi, we're we'll workout <laughs> socks.
1: <laughs> we're hot pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys, it's time for us to get into could Paddington dye it? So instead of could he sew it, we're going to go with could he dye it today. All right. So now let's just establish the scope of the problem here. Okay. We need to get into how many uniforms are we talking about? Paddington is in prison and he has been assigned to laundry detail. And so he goes down to the laundry room and there's a wall of four giant industrial washers. And they are labeled uniform, towels, towels bedding, and colors. He pulls a lever and a giant pile of laundry falls down on his head. A red sock goes in his mouth. He pulls it out and is grossed out. He flings it in the air and he doesn't know it, but it sticks on his hat. So he's now sorting all the laundry into the different washers. And in the last moment, he does that classic laundry day thing of taking off the clothes he's wearing and throwing them in the laundry too, including his hat, which he realizes after he's already closed the door has the red sock on it. And we have a great shot of him realizing turning around and the sock washes forward and comes to the glass. And it's just a moment of horror. (laughs) (laughs) So the question is how many uniforms are we talking about here? All right. So in the prison cafeteria, using a still from the movie, I counted six place settings, per table, seven tables per row, four rows. So six times seven is 42, 42 times four is 168. We have 168 prison uniforms. Paddington does have a line where he says, but there's 500 hungry prisoners coming for breakfast. And I think he is exaggerating. I think he's being hyperbolic. (laughs) <laughs> because as I as I did the math counting the people in the cafeteria, it's 168. Yeah. So you know, so there's maybe that. there's
2: four other dining rooms or three mm-hmm. other dining rooms.
1: I wondered about that because we do see other laundry later that's not dyed pink. But then of mm. course they were all wearing clothes the day that laundry happened. It's that thing of like, you got the laundry on your body and you're also <laughs> got the you know. So I th- I don't think I don't think there's a second shift of of another crew that comes in and has lunch later. <laughs> Anyway, that's just how I explained that. Each uniform consists of a cap with a brim, a long sleeve button front shirt with elbow patches, a stand collar, and a breast pocket and long pants, which probably have an elastic waist. It's kind of a, it's a very soft uniform. The cap is soft. I really like how all the guys are wearing their caps different ways. Some are backwards. Some have the little brim folded up. Paddington wears his with the brim folded down. And the fabric is all a horizontal gray and white stripe. All right, so the question here is, can 168 uniforms equaling 504 individual items fit in one load of laundry in a prison <laughs> washing machine? <laughs> <laughs> now, Allison, after I go through this, I'm going to throw it to you to ask some chemistry questions about the, the red dye. Okay. But for now, I'm just setting up like the scope <laughs> of our problem here. Okay. So I asked Barry Gambling, owner of Chapel Hill Laundromat, who also happens to be our brother. Brother, what's (laughs) up? That's my bread. That's my blood. (laughs) I asked him, what's the largest capacity washer in his laundromat? And he said it is 60 pounds. Wow. So just picture that. Like the largest, when you've been in a laundromat, there's that one giant washer in the back that you never use because it's scary. That's about 60 pounds, right? Wow. I looked up online what does a prison use or an industrial facility similar to a prison? The biggest one I found was 200 pound high capacity washer. Uh, There's one made by Unimac brand. Now I don't know if that's what Paddington was using, but that's the biggest one I could find. So that's what we're going to use for our (laughs) math. That is terrifying. Yes. (laughs) So now here's the question. Oh God. 200 pounds. How much does a uniform weigh? Let's see. So I weighed... I went into our own closet and I got one pair of pants, one shirt, and one cap uh, belonging to my husband as sort of just a good average size. And I weighed them on our postal scale. (laughs) And I got two pounds, one ounce. So we're going to round down to two just for easy math, 168 uniforms times two pounds equals 336 pounds of laundry. That is too much. For our highest, high capacity washing machine that I was able to find on the internet. What is the fabric, Liza? Because I don't know if you said, do you think it's linen or is it cotton? Oh, I think it's cotton. Okay. It it had like a nice, like the hand looked like cotton. It had kind of a nice faded look. You know, it was gray and cream as opposed to black and white. Okay. Um, No shine. Just, I mean, it just looked like cotton to me. Okay, and that's usually the lowest weight, right? I mean, cotton's pretty uh, Not necessarily, especially if cotton absorbs water, it's going to be more uh, heavy. But yeah, we're not measuring wet. We're measuring, we're just measuring dry. Cause yeah. That's like uh, 200 pounds of laundry. They're, when they say that for like a washing machine, they're not talking about what it would be inside as it's going. They're talking about what it would be before you put it in. Yeah. Okay, so yes. So uh, bad news, guys. That's too much for the real world. However, what I would say to that, though, is reality says no, but the rules of Paddington's world say yes, because like we said before, everything goes either spectacularly wrong or right for Paddington. And I just think it fits in the, with this world that he could get 336 pounds of laundry into a 200 pound <laughs> washing machine and a That's red true, yeah, and yeah. his own clothing and a chef's toque. He later, when he's in the kitchen, he's wearing a chef's hat, which also weirdly is pink, (laughs) even though he didn't have that job yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so that's just like physically. Could it all fit in the in the washing machine? But now we're kind of wondering, could one Red Stock die? uh, Like, let's just say 200 pounds of laundry. Like, what do we think about that? What do we think about that, chemist? <laughs>
2: <laughs> highly, highly, highly unlikely. Why? Uh, just, just <laughs> by sheer volume, you know. When, <laughs> when in in the past it has happened, you know, in my own life, you know, it's a it's a very small load of maybe fifteen or twenty pounds of of laundry, mm, and it good point. turns pink. So it would. I think that it would be so indiscernibly palest, palest pink that yeah. I say no.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is really like, how red is this sock? Right. Yeah. It's and also how dye. how much has the
0: sock been washed before? Because doesn't it the ability to transfer color diminish over time?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so- that sock has ever been washed before. It it's not full strength dye. <laughs> Okay, so I have another question for you, Allison. which is, what's so special about red? Like, why is it always a red sock or red shirt? Is red magical and extra? (laughs) Does red have some kind of crazy property to it that makes it get out and get on all your other stuff?
2: (laughs) Mm. Well, (laughs) there (laughs) there are uh, uh, several answers to that question. Red dye is a huge molecule and is at least with food and fabric dyes, red dye molecules are bigger than blue dye molecules or green dye molecules. So Who so knew? I don't know. You know, I, I think the size Money. could lend a little more instability, but uh, you know, and just have more more little areas where it could get hinky and you know, and break apart or react. Mm -hmm. but uh but actually what i what i found online when i typed in that very question (laughs) it's it's a myth that red dyes bleed more ah they they all you know every direct fabric dye will bleed you're just going to notice red or the other one that i have big problems with is indigo like if i have a new pair of jeans
1: megan has that ever happened to you have you ever dyed your legs you I've, guys, I had like my legs get done. No,
0: this is the reason that my <laughs> former roommate stopped living with me. Okay, we lived together in Hollywood, and she was in a totally different income bracket than I was right out the gate. We're like twenty-five years old. She buys a fifteen-hundred-dollar white couch and puts it in our living room great. It's adorable. Whatever. Totally. Like, I can't even fathom this at this point. Can barely fathom it now, but like definitely not then.
1: Yeah, A a white couch. Yeah. A white
0: $1,500 couch. And I, at the same token, being unemployed and loving my life, went down to native and bought a pair of $120 jeans, which was also out of my price range, but like, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's huge. I, (laughs) I buy these brand new indigo dark fitted tight stress jeans and I go home and I put them on and I plop down on the couch one night to watch tv after I've been out drinking get a call from my roommate the next day what happened to the couch I go what what I don't know what happened to the couch she was like there's blue dye all over (laughs) my couch and I was like what a nightmare I don't know how that happened and then she was like did you get new pants? And I was like, yeah, man. And I was like, Oh fuck. And then she wanted me to like handle fixing it. Well, I, again, being like 23, 20, I didn't even know the first thing. I didn't even know who to call. I didn't know what it would cost. I didn't know what it entailed. And I just kind of was like, I don't know what to do. So she like got a fabric person, to come, like a cleaner to come. She hired these people. And within like a month, she had rented the apartment next to ours and moved out and left me with this two-bedroom. <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit, like I can't even like fathom any of these problems. And uh sorry.
1: So like I think a she die me- transfer had a major effect on your life.
0: It did. It did. <laughs> and it spoke to like income difference. It spoke to values at the time. Like I just It was so crazy. I felt like such garbage and (laughs) I felt like she thought I was garbage and uh, we stayed kind of friends after that. And then God, this train wreck moved in with me. So I ended up moving again and it was just a mess, but it was all triggered by the couch incident. So yes, I have done that. And I'm fine with you putting the story out there.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That would be terrifying. Crazy. You're like, I don't have $1,500.
0: Yeah. And like,
1: what's the next step?
0: and to clean the fabric, which she, she wanted me to find a fabric cleaner. And I was like, I don't literally know how to do that. Like, I don't even know how to pay bills. I like, I, what, it it was just like a mess. And, uh, I felt bad, but I was also kind of like, bitch like what why did you buy this couch <laughs> we live in an apartment <laughs> we paid like twelve hundred dollars a month to live here like what are you talking about oh wow yeah <laughs> I mean when you put it like that that counts was was more than a month's rent yeah this was before rents were crazy it was like okay to live in LA and like not have a lot of money it was I think our rent was maybe 1400 like it was mm-hmm. it was doable mm-hmm.
1: for it was like doable for two people yeah to split yeah um Yeah, amazing. That that definitely beats just dyeing your legs blue. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm now I'm I'm, like kind of
0: sweating in front of that just thinking thinking (laughs) about that story. Oh god, it was so awful. All
2: right, shake it off. Why is a white couch? That's my question. Yeah, please.
1: All right, so yeah, Allison, I totally I agree. That was going to be my theory too. That like we don't really care that much if our whites get a little bit yellow. They're a little bit blue, or a little bit gray, but if they get pink, we freak out.
2: <laughs> and it, it's the it's the cheaper dye surprise, um, mm. startling revelation ahead. Mm. You know, it's the it's <laughs> cheap fabric dye that's going to bleed more than you know, like stuff that's been properly set with you know cationic dye fixative.
1: Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like what you're saying about the molecules being big. Yeah. Just like the brief thing I was reading was like direct dye versus fiber reactive dye. And the direct dye kind of right. sits on top, whereas fiber reactive yep. actually reacts with the fiber and gets in it. And so, well, yeah.
2: And with fiber reactive, you typically kind of open the fibers up so they accept the dye oh. and then you dye it and it grabs on and then you use a fixative to kind of you know, kind of like with, when you're dyeing your hair to kind of close the uh uh-huh. the ends back together so that they hang on to the dye.
1: Color stays in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys mentioned earlier when we were talking about have you ever accidentally dyed, like using a red sock, using cold. Like I wash all of our clothes on cold and that's another way to just keep the dye from transferring. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, like Allison was saying, if you're dyeing, if you're actually doing a dye you do want to get some kind of fixative, but if you just brought home some random red fabric or a random red t-shirt, wash it on cold with your black fabric and you'll be fine.
2: Mm -hmm. And after the first couple of washings, it could be really fine.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, and
2: and, uh, color can also transfer in the dryer when they're still wet, if they're tumbling around with.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. I think I've had that happen too with fabric. Like they all get twisted together in the dryer. So you get kind of streaks of red. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah a lot of times I just go with it but that's just because I'm <laughs> you know I know how, if I'm making like if I'm doing it for sewing I can just cut around it or enjoy it
2: it's a style yeah. choice
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so also Allison I have brought you on today because you told me one time that one of your interesting jobs in the past was <laughs> fiber testing and that you have some special information about socks for us <laughs> Ooh, special information
2: <laughs> i spent a, a year just about a year uh as a textile testing technician Ooh. for a company in downtown minneapolis and at one point uh one of our merchandisers was you know shopping over the noon hour and came across you know was looking at socks and went wait this label isn't right you know and so we my other uh The other chemist and I ended up testing every sock sold at that point, which was like 70 some different types of socks.
1: So you just had like one sample item from each style of sock?
2: Right. Well, if if there were, you know, series of stripes and there was, you know, red stripes and green stripes and blue stripes, we'd have to, you know, try each, test each color because you can't have different fiber contents. Or, you know, the stripes versus the plaids versus the checks versus the...
1: Yeah. The so whatever. she was able to look at the the label, which had <laughs> the fiber content, and she thought... Because the incorrect. fiber
2: content was so incredibly
1: wrong. Like it said it had feathers or mushrooms or, or something well, insane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it claimed it had 10% spandex. Yeah, if if you got more than three percent spandex in socks it's probably not true
1: oh, okay it's, so it's and so it
2: said yeah you know and and like when oh, i brought visual aids oh um, nice you know, And <laughs> right, listen there the allison is holding sock. up a sock <laughs> <laughs> and you know you stretch the top of the sock and you might you know this one doesn't have but you might see a uh, yes. little elastic,
1: you yeah. Know, like when you, when you pull around. apart the ribs, and you can kind of see, yeah. yeah.
2: And and they have to call those elastic fibers out in the in the fiber content, and if they don't, they can get fined by the you know the the regulatory body that oversees all of the the fabric laboring, labeling. The, and-
1: the sock police.
2: Yeah, the sock police. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, well, great. Uh, there's no method for testing socks in our kind of book of testing information. So, what do we do? So, we had to, you know, figure out how many different parts of the sock there are. And so, it was, you know, by by looking at different things, we, you know, it was like, well, we got to do the cut the toe off. That's a separate piece, and the heel. And the top of the foot, and the bottom of the foot, and the oh, leg, wow. and the cuff, and maybe the, the tip top of the cuff. So then, and then you have to test each of those parts separately because they you know, they can be
1: they could have drastically different.
2: different. Yeah.
1: yeah. How many socks did you say you tested? 75 ish. So you got 75 socks, and you've cut all of them into seven pieces. <laughs> and I'm sure had to tag each not one with like.
2: Because some of them were just cheap, like more, oh, if you think of like a, a tube sock, an athletic sock where there wasn't, you know, it was pretty obvious that, that it was just kind of one continuous knit and not
1: uh-huh, different uh-huh.
2: parts. You know, those we could just do, you know, maybe three sections of, but.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> I just never think of a sock as being more than maybe three things, like right. the toe, the heel, and like. Yeah, you don't think of, of
2: them the as sock. being engineered, <laughs> but, but some of them are.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's so funny. So, And I'm sure you did discover that 10% was incorrect, which you
2: already know. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. But you had to go through and, them and all. And some of
2: them, you know, they mislabeled as cotton and polyester when it was actually cotton and nylon, or it had cotton, polyester, and nylon, and spandex, and, you know, so there I mean, there were a lot of gaps
1: this just seems like somebody like it is wildly unchecked
2: well (laughs) some companies some manufacturers play loose and fast with regulations and the biggest problem is that even you know even when you do something wrong you mislabel and you get fined it's all after the fact yeah you know Mm so so it's the u.s regulatory body that's kind of you know chasing the tail of the dog
0: if it's incorrect like what are the repercussions for the consumer is it that it could be worth more or less if it's wrong or you're
2: misleading the customer to believe that oh it's got 10 percent spandex that's worth the extra money that i'm paying for it okay
0: So it's always kind of skewed in the direction that would justify its cost. Right.
2: Yeah. Nylon is better quality than just, you know, crappy polyester.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I guess this would come into play a lot when you're doing online shopping. Yeah. Where you can't touch the sock and and just feel like even if you're not a person who can touch and know the difference between cotton and polyester, you can touch it and know like this feels good. But if you're shopping online, you have to rely on what the content, the fiber content says. It's such Um, a good point. Because like if I order like stuff online, like on
0: Amazon, this used to happen to me all the time where I wouldn't even look at the fiber content and I would receive something. It would be like 100% polyester. It would feel like plastic. And uh, I'd be like, oh, maybe I should kind of look at what I'm actually ordering, uh, (laughs) you know? Or, like, I didn't even have the word to describe how awful it felt. Uh, yeah. You have <laughs> to, to learn feel to look
2: of certain for that. things. Yeah. yeah. As a whole nother tangent, there's the the whole issue of polyester or the nylon or the synthetic materials in our clothing. You know, every time you run clothes through the washing machine and in the dryer, then little bits of those fibers, of the synthetic fibers, come off. And then the they, can end up in the environment and so that's why we've got you and it know, does. birds Micro- and microplastics
0: and... yeah. yeah 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 we're doing it humanity like mm-hmm. from we're really coming at it from all angles even our clothing now is pollutive yes. <laughs> god
2: any way we can fuck up the, the natural world man we are right all over it
1: all right i think we've pretty well covered could paddington die could Paddington achieve the dying moment that we see in the movie? So strong now. So well shot. I love it how he's he has that moment of horror. He knows what's happening. He tries to get the door open and he can't. And then we cut to the cafeteria where they're all staring at him angrily wearing pink. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so our next question is would he would the situation happen for Paddington? Does it make sense for the plot? motivation was, story-wise yes. Yes. yes absolutely <laughs> it totally fits into the
0: suspension of like sometimes things are logical and sometimes things are illogical of this movie like yeah it actually follows a very linear believable plot and then you just have all these little things that kind of work out to the benefit of the of the story and the viewer and so
1: this would be one of them for sure yeah it is funny that like he's a bear but he's doing things we've all done so yeah. The very, like, ooh, I recognize this. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite
0: suspensions of disbelief in this movie is how quickly he can come up with a marmalade sandwich. Like, it doesn't really matter. Oh, my
1: gosh. He pulls out of nowhere, like he pulls was a com- completed
0: sandwich out of nowhere. It's just like on him all the time. He's got a sandwich, or he pulls out his little
1: coin from his ear. It was really cute. Yes, and puts it back. And it... I loved how that coin kept coming back around throughout the movie. <laughs> I know his final, his final phone call when he thinks nobody loves him.
0: <laughs> he gets to use his coin,
1: but also it's just so wonderful that he's got such a can-do attitude. Like I, yeah. I really appreciate that. That he's like, yeah, I can okay, I'm in prison. I've been assigned laundry. I'm going to take care. Like I can do it. I can do it. I'm going to do a good job at it too. I'm going to do all the laundry. Ooh, I'm not even going to forget to put my own clothes in there. I'm going to get it all. (laughs) (laughs) Which by the way,
0: like when I moved, one of the first things that I did was stand in front of the laundry machine and take off all my clothes to put them in (laughs) with the laundry I already had. Because for years, I'd go down to the laundry, I'd get it all started. And then I'd be like, fuck, I need to wash the shirt that I'm wearing. Can I take it off and run back around the building inside 500 people see me? Can I slip out of my underwear, put them in, get back up there? No, I can't. I can't. There's people everywhere. We were like surrounded by buildings and upstairs, downstairs, neighbors, everything. And now I'm just like, no, oh, man, I love a laundry machine. I have my own and I can run around in my skivvies, anything <laughs> I want in there. That's perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I've seen that pathway from your apartment to your laundry room. Treacherous. That's a, that's a long way to go with no shirt on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's move right on to should he diet meaning like, basically does it please us are we happy with it <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start out I'm gonna say yes because it's just such a funny visual like it's funny the first time you see it and then every time throughout the rest of the movie every time you see people wearing pink it's still funny it's just it's funny it's so all great the
0: way. yeah it's so
1: good and it looks so good like it looked the looked really job is perfect <laughs> it was just such a beautiful like a yummy color of pink too yeah <laughs> And yeah, Megan, you're right. The dye job is really uh, there's like a nice even coverage. Yeah. It's not like when I accidentally dye things and it's blotchy and streaky. And...
0: <laughs> Allison, did you love this movie as much as we did? I did. Yeah. And
2: I just heard yesterday they're starting to film Paddington Three. Yeah. Paddington
0: in Peru, right? Is yes. that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah.
1: He love goes it. back
2: to visit his what great aunt? Not yes, Lucy. Lucy. Yeah.
1: So, Allison, you've seen Paddington 1. Neither of us have seen it. Um, Oh. Should we watch it? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) It's
2: it's adorable. I love Paddington.
0: (laughs) Uh, I loved the way you said that. Oh,
1: yes, you should watch it. Uh, Why, of course. Oh, Allison, will you tell us what is your favorite, what was your favorite, like, cast surprise? Like what actor popped up and you were like, <gasps> you
2: know, I knew like Hugh Grant was in it and stuff. I was like, Oh, it's Brendan Gleeson. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <did.
1: laughs>
2: cause I just, I love, you know, cause he does all the, the weird Martin McDonough movies. And so I'm always a huge fan of those. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh,
0: I was telling Liza I had just seen the Bansheets movie, which I'm sure you
1: saw oh, as uh, well. Yeah.
0: So it's adorable to see him being a good friend and not giving up Mm -hmm. on a friendship.
1: Um, Oh man, that moment where uh, Paddington is caught underwater in the the circus train car and Mary Brown is whammed down to get him out and she can't Mm because it's padlocked. It's so harrowing. And then they all appear out of the sky. They wreck the plane (laughs) right on into
0: the water so good. I I had a moment where I was like, is he going to? Die? Like, is this how they're going to end this movie? God, please no.
1: No, Megan, it's not that kind of world. We're okay. Thank God. All right, you guys. So it's time for our lightning round of could, would, and should Paddington die? This, but before we do that, all right. So all three of us have been to London, right? Mm -hmm. I want each of you to tell a story about the time you're in one of the locations. From this movie because there are many. I'm gonna go first so you guys can have a second to think about it. So uh, tall guy and I went to London for our honeymoon, a long, long time ago, and we went to St Paul's Cathedral. So I'm gonna take St Paul's Cathedral. Shit. And that's what I have. <laughs> so we we went to the Whispering Gallery, which is in this the moment where Hugh Grant is dressed as a nun and he's trying to look for one of the clues. So we went, we went up the stairs and we went into the Whispering Gallery. We stood on opposite ends and whispered to each other. And we also, there's a little tiny staircase that you can take that goes all the way up to the dome on the outside mm-hmm. and you can walk around. And the dome is really cool because it's all carved with this really old graffiti. And so up there, you can look at that and you can look at the town, it's really cool. Uh, but also we took a tour, like a guided tour of St. Paul's. And because we were going to a cathedral, Tall Guy and I both dressed well. And everyone else <laughs> on the tour, it was all other Americans. We didn't know them, but it was clearly other Americans. And they're all wearing their sloppiest jeans, sweatshirts, and puffy, stupid, ah. ugly tennis shoes.
2: As Americans do. And we were
1: just like, <laughs> come on, like, do better. You're mm. going to another country. You're in a church. <laughs> Look nice. (laughs) Make us look good. (laughs) Yes. You're (laughs) representing us real bad. (laughs) Uh, And also, one of the things that we had on that trip was a little compass that Allison (laughs) gave us as a wedding present. So that when we came up out of the subway and we had our map, we could figure out which way we were looking using the compass. And we still have that compass and a small guy uses it now. I think it's it's uh, on one of his book bags. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I still have my original ball compass that I'm taking to New Orleans.
1: Yes. And because our honeymoon was before, like, we didn't have iPhones with GPS, mm-hmm. which is why you gave us that compass, knowing yeah. that we would come up out of the subway with a map and just kind of start <laughs> staring around looking for landmarks, you know. Aww. <laughs> All right. Now, there are a lot of locations. So there's, like, Paddington Station, obviously, there's portobello road the antique shop is a real antique shop it's called alice's the one that oh. like mr gruber runs where cool. the pop-up book is held there are a lot of bridges tower bridge um so what do you guys got you got a story about the times you were in london <laughs> were you on a location from Paddington? i mean i lived there so all the places i mean i
0: my my <laughs> first one was st paul's i went to a um like a around christmas a um I had, I also had a boyfriend when I lived there. So I have all these like kind of tinged memories of like <laughs> being an American student abroad. Um, <laughs> but I went with his family to, uh, Christmas carols or a uh, Christmas choir, um, oh, at wow. St. Paul's. And it was absolutely stunning. And I was like sitting there with all these locals. Cause it was like a kind of a hard thing to get into. And actually I remember his sister being like, you have, quite a nice voice and i was like well she's welsh that's that's not how the accent is but i can't do a welsh accent um but uh that's that's the only
1: one megan can't do
0: but yeah (laughs) shut up
1: um
0: but i also have a memory of getting off piccadilly station and going to a payphone to call Mm, him yeah those red telephone boxes that's a major london landmark and uh the portobello road market back to me and jeans I remember trying to like (laughs) try on some jeans behind like a tent there because I was convinced that I needed these jeans they were like suede and like really tight and all these gross fabrics and I was like trying to get them on and I remember them being like 30 or 40 pounds like in price and someone being like don't buy this (laughs) 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 and like of all the market things at Portobello Road, like I'm going to find some trashy jeans in the corner and try them on. Like, no, like buy some nice earrings or crafts or something. Yeah. Like, Get a teacup. It's a picture of me at age 19 to 25 um, <laughs> when my when my jeans incidences happened. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it was, it was awesome to see all of that. Yeah. What about you, Allison? You got one?
2: Uh, New Year's Eve and watching fireworks. Right along the Thames, uh, right next to Cleopatra's obelisk. Oh, cool. And then we had, and then it was kind of the panic of getting on the tube to get back to the hotel before the other millions of people got in the tube at like midnight. And it oh was, oh my God. Just like,
1: yeah, it was a <laughs> Happy New oh, Year.
2: Anxiety.
1: Hope, hope you get home okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Actually, a friend was saying that when His one of his favorite memories of London is getting out of the pub too late for the train and just walking because I mean Mm. I guess distance wise it's not that I was just gonna say that like the only thing
0: working against you in London is how cold it can get I mean it Mm. can just be frigidly cold at night but Allison, you live in Minnesota. So actually probably not for you, but, um, but I remember having that same experience getting out from something and it just being so late, there's no taxis and just being with a group of college kids also wearing like terrible shoes, like stilettos and some trashy outfit and not being able to do anything, but walk in the cold. (laughs) This speaks to the, the, the Megan of the early two thousands, but, um, uh, oh my yeah. gosh. So much walking. So much walking in the
1: cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So back to our lightning round. Okay. So Allison, what we're going to do is I'm just going to yell out, could he? And we're talking about could Paddington die mm-hmm. the prisoner uniforms with his one little sock. I'm going to yell out, could he? Would he? And should he? And all of us are just going to yell out yes or no. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Back to our lightning now.
2: Listen to the podcast. Come on. Okay.
1: I just wanna, you know Allison's ready, I love gently it. Gently introduce you to all of our <laughs> concepts. Okay, ready? Yes. Okay. Could he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Would he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Should he? Of course. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well that solves that. Listener, if you were wearing socks and your friends don't have socks, share this episode with your friends and then send them some socks. (laughs) Listener, no,
0: listener, if you do not separate out your laundry, if you put it all in the laundry at the same time, if you are the kind of evolved person that doesn't need to separate laundry, you need to listen to this episode and send it to your friends that are still separating out their laundry because that ship has sailed. Like, put it all in together. Just live that And wash it on cold. And wash it on cold. Wash it on cool. Yeah. Also, um, if you have any, if you have any London fantasies or memories, this is such a great, like, <laughs> it's like a little love letter to London. Also, which I love.
1: Yeah, listener, if you love London uh, and you um, love your friends, share this yeah. episode with your friends. <laughs> okay, so um, listener, if you would like to see pictures related to this episode, our Instagram is There's No Thread, and oh, uh, also we have T-shirts. I mean, I don't know if you want one, but I'm going to put in the show notes a link to uh, There's No Thread T-shirt. So just uh, put that in your back pocket and then wash it in the laundry and, you know. But it's got (laughs) red in it or something. So it won't run. (laughs) Yeah, disregard
0: everything I said, because as I mentioned earlier, I don't actually know what fabric is or what it does.
1: (laughs) Um, okay, so since uh, we're going all British today, Megan, would you please say hi to our listener in London? Wait, do you know who it is? No. Oh my Megan, god! I gotta what if tell it's... you, are we're, we're big time. <laughs> what if it's your boyfriend? <laughs> 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 let's
0: assume it's your welsh boyfriend it's either him or my sweet sophie remember sophie who came to visit oh totally i'm gonna hope that it's sophie because i miss her all the time um she was my supervisor in, at the BBC when i was yeah. 19, 20 and she was 24 she really she really <laughs> told me what to do uh, i was amazing um okay hello to our listener in london and if you're neither of those people thank you so much for listening um <laughs> Yeah, I know. Every time we're like, "Who lives there?" Like it, it's hard for me to believe that someone that we don't know is possibly looking.
1: At it. <laughs> but it's like, of course they are. I'm, I'm like, believe it, believe it. <laughs> All right, Allison, please say hi to our listener in Thames, which is a neighborhood that's to the east of London.
2: Hey, listener in Thames, uh, thanks for tuning in today. <laughs>
1: Perfect. You Allison.
0: About socks.
1: <laughs>
0: Allison, you were bored for that. I feel like I mess that up all the time. Let me try again. Hey, listener in London. Thank you so much for listening. I, we appreciate it. I hope you learned something today instead of me being like, oh, I bet it's my boyfriend from 1999.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. Anyway, I'm going to say hi to our listener in Brighton. It's the place where Brighton Beach is. Mm-hmm. Which I, I fell asleep on Brighton Beach
0: when I was 19.
1: Whoa. <laughs>
0: Straight up fell asleep on the rocks. It was the best experience. The rocks are big. They're like stones. And I just passed out one day when I was what? on a trip there. Rocks are like stones? <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: I just learned something. Oh, man. So... All right. I would like to say a special thank you to our brother Barry for answering my question about what's the biggest uh, washing machine in his laundromat. Thank you, uh, Barry. Chapel Hill laundromat. If you're in the Chapel Hill area and you got some dirty clothes, head on over. Mm. And I'd also like to say a special thank you to our guest Allison Coster. <laughs> our favorite chemist. <laughs> thank you for coming on and helping us out.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you, Allison.
2: It's been an honor and a privilege being the, the first, I believe the first non-familial guest on the show.
1: <laughs> All right. I think we should say bye. Bye, Allison.
0: It was so nice to see you. <laughs>
2: so nice to see you.
0: <laughs> Super fun. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to their snow Thread. but threaded.